All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desolate Dog, Matt Kozlowski, sitting here at four and six, joining me tonight from Take Your Ball and Go Home, the first place Take Your Ball and Go Home. Sorry, Shane Stein. Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for getting the correction right. It's still, it's still hurting, paining you to say that, I feel like. That's why you don't want to do it. Um, looks like... Um, I don't think I'll ever be putting your name on this trophy anytime soon. So don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it hasn't been a good couple of weeks for the for the teabaggers in the points column, so things are trending down right now. But it's great to be back on the pod. Excited to be here. It's also been a couple of weeks since we had the Sea Wolf, Phil Bruce. How are you, Phil? Great to be back. Oh my God, I I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Spectacular Thursday night matchup here. Steelers, Browns, probably best Thursday night game that we'll get all season. Things have been a little bit better in Seawolf land. Uh, three, three and seven for now, sitting on some fat stacks for next draft year, but that, that doesn't make this season any easier for us. And, and, and we'll continue fighting to the end. We might eke out one or two more wins, play some spoiler for teams down the stretch, but th- th- things have been better. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to bypass that. You we want to know. You mentioned the Thursday night game. I want to know from you guys, which quarterback matchup would you rather watch this week? Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield or Mitch Trubisky and Jared Goff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. Who's the best quarterback out of the four of them? God, Mayfield. It's golf versus, golf versus Mayfield, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Trubisky and Rudolph are poor. Yeah, Trubisky and Rudolph, probably this will be the last year they have probably ever started a game. Um, no, the Steelers said they're, the Rudolph's their guy moving forward. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's Baker Mayfield. At least yeah. Baker and, and, and Mason, you have a little bit of unknown just because they haven't played as many games. You know what you're getting with Goff, and you you know what you're getting with Trubisky, and the Bears know that dude just can't play, and he'll be out of the league after his rookie deal expires. Um, all right, so let's get into trivia. We, caught, we talked about quarterbacks. There's quite a few of them on this list. <clears throat> there, are, there are nine – well, let's go with the – the uh, the Baltimore Ravens ran the Heisman package this week. There are nine active Heisman winners in the NFL right now. Can you name the nine active Heisman winners in the NFL? Oh, great question, Matt. You know I like my Heisman stuff. Yes. You uh, uh, sincere. The, the worst. Uh, the worst award in football. Most meaningless, I should say. Oh wow! So nine active Heisman winners. Okay. We'll go stump the Schwab style. Nice. Um, okay. I'm racking my brain. Phil, you want to go first or second here? I'll take Cam Newton. Cameron Newton is the second oldest Heisman winner in the league. Not in terms of age, I shouldn't say. I don't know ages, but um, second oldest like winner, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say. 2010. 2010. Someone won it before 2010. Yeah, I know who that guy is. I'm not sure who Phil does, so I think I'm going to save that one. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to go, obviously, with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, the 2016 winner from Louisville. Fun fact on Lamar Jackson that I got from the Ringer NFL show's Kevin Clark. Um, if Lamar Jackson wins the MVP this year, it will be the third time in NFL history that the NFL MVP was younger than the Heisman winner if Joe Burrow is to win the Heisman. That's a great stat. The other two, one I one was like from the 60s, and then the other one was a 27-year-old Marshall Falk won the Heisman, or won the MVP. For a bonus question, later you can tell me who won that Heisman that year. What, what was the bonus question? Um, a 27-year-old Marshall Falk won the MVP, and that same year, a 28-year-old won the Heisman. Oh, yeah, okay, got it. So wait, that was um, – oh, I, I, I know who it is. Do yeah. I just say it? Go for it. Yeah, it's fine. Wait, was it um? I, I'm I'm down between two. Shit. Yeah, there's th- there's two there's two guys it could be. So you need to know if it was '03 or 2000. Uh, let's see. I would have been in ninth grade for Josh White to win the Heisman. Ninth grade would have been 2003. So Josh White. No. You're Jason, no. White, Jason J- White's Jason you're White. thinking of, Damn it. but it's but it's Chris Winkie, I believe. Yeah. That was the it is it yeah. is twenty eight year old Chris Winkie winning the two thousand Heisman. <laughs> so um, who was uh, who was second to Jason White that year, Phil? Larry Fitzgerald. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on track. We have two of the Heisman winners: uh, two thousand sixteen Lamar Jackson and uh, two thousand ten Scammer and Newton. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, 2017 Heisman winner. Um, I'll, I'll keep taking the low-hanging fruit because in, in the Heisman package was RG knee, Robert Griffin. RG3 and 10, <laughs> 2011 winner of the Heisman. All right. I, I, I just want to say this is under protest because you opened it up by saying Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did the Heisman pose. Of course, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. That doesn't count as a guess. Like, that should have just let off the question. That was a description for it. Okay. Nevertheless, well, then, Kyler Murray. 2018, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Correct. Uh, the, uh, the third ring of that was the one that was before Newton, I believe, was Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram in 2009. You were spot on, Shane. Oh, very good. How many do we have left? Uh, you've each guessed three. There's three left. And these are probably the three hardest ones. Um one of which I completely forgot, and I still didn't believe it when I saw that he was a Heisman winner. So, I th- I think I have all three. So, <laughs> okay. so I'm gonna put the pressure on Phil. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Um, and these are active players in the NFL. <laughs> Correct. Like they're they're on a roster right now. You're saying? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Sam Darnold didn't win it that year, did he? Um, <laughs> no. no, that was Baker. That Mayfield was Baker. That, yeah. that was the same year. Okay. Um, Five seconds. Hmm. I don't know. Jake. Jake Walker. 
He's not on an NFL roster. <laughs> also, not, also a Heisman not a Heisman winner. winner. <laughs> um, but someone that is a Heisman winner, um, not the best human being, but certainly was a good college quarterback for one year, Jameis Winston. That was the one I completely forgot that he won the Heisman. Yeah. Uh, Jay Boo did win one. <laughs> not sure how. Yeah. I don't remember him being that great. Yeah, he was he was pretty but, good that one year. They were the best team by far that year too. So. Yeah. Um, All right, two more left. Yeah, I'm I'm out. I stink. NFL Phil, will this help you if I tell you that these two players are NFL teammates? Yeah, they are. I got them both. Um, one of them was an answer to a trivia question that you asked us earlier in the season. Yeah. Um. Also, forever linked with one of the answers that Shane gave. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. One is good at football. One is not. So, I'm not sure which one you're talking about either. <laughs> well, one is uh, a top <laughs> yeah. five player in the league this year, I believe. So, uh, yeah. it's <laughs> Because of the two times he played me. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm out. I, I know exactly – I forget the question that I asked, but I know what you're talking about. Go ahead, Shane. It's, uh, it's Mariota and Henry. Marcus Mariota uh, and So you asked us about the two top ten quarterbacks, and Mariota and Tannehill were one of the answers to that question. So, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Um, Mariota won one, and then Winston won it? Yeah, Winston, Winston won it before sophomore year. Winston yeah. won it before. Oh my god! The year that Winston lost in the semis to Oregon, he wow. lost to Mariota that year in the whatever the Rose Bowl or whatever it was. Good question. Yeah, yeah. I uh, there's only one. All right, here's just another bonus. What well, this seems to be fun. All of the answers were between 2009 and 2018. One Heisman Trophy winner in that time span is no longer in the NFL. <laughs> I got, I, I know this one too. <laughs> go, go over the years again. Sorry, just for our list. Two thousand. So the winners that we named were from two thousand nine to two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Um, we named eleven, or sorry, nine winners in a ten-year span. One of those Heisman winners is no longer in the NFL. Hmm. It was the two thousand twelve Heisman. Two thousand twelve. Good. <laughs> Good, Shane. Give it to us. Well, yeah. Watching this game should spark your interest in this question because it's Johnny Football. It is. Ooh, <laughs> good one. I remember where I was when Johnny Menzel got drafted by the Browns. I was uh, sitting in the Lancaster Hospital. Emmett had just been born that morning, and I'm like, man. My kid's gonna get to watch this guy play NFL football, <laughs> and uh, he's the worst. <laughs> terrible. So, yeah, out of all those players, he's yeah, he's by far the worst. <laughs> I know. I love my Heisman trivia. So, good question. Good question. Yeah, yeah, no problem. That was fun. Nice to ask it every now and then. A lot less pressure. Not, right. not on that. Just to not to. Keep going on this, but not on that list, but deservedly should be on the list. And we talked about him earlier this week. Timothy Tebow. 
was a Heisman yeah. winner as well. Yeah, I guess, you know, I think we, <laughs> we'll probably breeze through some of these matchups, and it's always good to just talk football. So, um, just to catch Phil up, I was talking on Monday with Schur and Stein at baseball, and, you know, obviously coming off the huge Lamar game on Sunday, one of many huge Lamar games this year, and I made the comment to those guys that it's amazing when you watch a team draft a really good football player like Lamar Jackson is and just completely build their team around what that player is good at rather than trying to turn them into a player that they're not, a la John Elway and the Denver Broncos and Tim Tebow. Yeah. So I, I would just love to see if Denver had sold out on a power run, you know, read option type, short pass yeah. type offense, what what could they have done with a player of that athleticism and work ethic? Yeah. No, it, it, it's a good question for sure. And it's so rare for teams to do what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. It's so rare for them to say, hey, there's this guy that's pretty unconventional and I'm going to completely change everything about my organization from the top down to build my new team around him. So what John Elway did was kind of like one foot in, one foot out of the water. Um by by having Tebow on the team, I mean, it, it was something that I, I don't I don't think he ever he ever wanted to be. But by not completely selling out is him saying that they didn't have that belief in Tebow, the same belief that not just the Ravens, but I think a lot of teams had in in Lamar Jackson, and they saw the potential there. Yeah, I think it just speaks to the Ravens coaching staff, and. I think it it almost makes like a guy like Elway look even worse as an executive because he's just he's part of that archaic NFL that Bill Polian, you know we we have to be what we've always been and you know I I just I have no there's no room for that in my in my lifestyle so I mean Elway got bailed out with a, a great defense and and backing into getting Peyton Manning I mean if that yeah people that, for yeah. yeah people forget about him cutting. Tebow loose like that because they replaced Tebow with Peyton Manning and won a Super Bowl in that window. So people forget about that. But he, he, he yeah, they, they completely lucked out. That wasn't anything that he did. And now I think he's getting exposed a little bit as an executive and he's he's learning on the fly that it's not as easy as, as everybody made it out to be when, when they were doing so well. And yeah, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um, so along those lines, do we want to talk about Kaepernick? I'll I'll just like this doesn't we what well, we can spend a minute on it and I know I jumped in, in front of Shane here and Shane you can continue on at, yeah, leading it leading it off. But it doesn't make any sense to me because as far as my understanding of it is, he was open to sign with any team at any point over the last few months, and now when they say there's gonna be a tryout, there is eleven teams that are interested, maybe even more. <laughs> So why all the interest now and not over the last few months? Like, did he finally get cleared by the NFL that, hey, all of that collusion stuff is behind us and he can play again? Like, I, it doesn't make any – I, I don't understand any parts of it. Yeah, this is – it's just a bizarre, bizarre situation. Um, there's really – there's no other way to explain this. Um, I'm just so confused, like – why why this whole setup just for one player i feel like it it's, i feel like to me it's just the nfl just doing their usual let's cover our ass here 
make ourselves look good. And I feel like in the process, they're they're even making themselves look worse than they already do. It's it's backfiring big time because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, they look and, really and stupid. They yeah. look really bad. So I I don't know how much you guys know the details. I learned a lot today just from listening to the, that that podcast I was talking about. But the NFL gave Kaepernick five days warning. Um, gave him a non-negotiable time and location. They gave him, um. Which is not typical. Like typically, workouts like this are done on your own terms. You pick the location and time. Yeah, that's what, that was my next step. It was going to be a, normally workouts like this are done on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. not on Saturdays when NFL executives are at college football stadiums. So the whole thing's just really reeks. It should have been done November 2017, not November 2019. Um, and again, it, like Shane said, it's a too little, too late NFL move as as the usual. Yeah, it just seems like they tried to, to bully him into a situation where he was going to look bad. They exposed all the details, and they, the NFL just looks like they don't know what they're doing, and, it, and it's coming off that, as Shane said, they're looking even worse and worse than they did before. And they picked the two worst head coaches in the history of Hard Knocks to run this thing, mm-hmm. Hugh, Jack, Hugh Jackson and Joe Philbin. <laughs> and like. <laughs> That's just sick thing. Maybe, maybe we'll learn a little bit more about it as, as time goes on. But where I sit right now, it's sort of like the, the Josh Gordon getting cut by the Patriots thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. That was – that's really bad too. Like I, I'm almost surprised that we haven't seen a grievance filed against the Patriots for that Josh Gordon thing. And uh, I, he, I feel like he's the player they desperately need and they cut him loose. Yeah. I don't know. Shane's more tuned in with the Patriots. Yeah, the the Josh Gordon thing. I mean, I could have swore that they were going to come out and Josh Gordon was going to be suspended for something. Um, just another another bizarre situation there. I mean, I have, I have no idea what, what happened with the Josh Gordon thing. That, that's the one that's just baffling. The only stuff I read was it was work ethic related. And like, I think he started showing up late again. Yeah. Yeah, you which saw, has always been a problem there. You saw what happened to Jonas Gray, which has been making the rounds on the internet recently. I um, I hope Kaepernick does well. I would love it if a team, if my team, the Rams, took a shot on him. I think, you know, I talked to you guys a little bit this morning about Miami. I think Miami would be another team that would make a lot of sense, knowing they have three first-round picks. Um, they could really elevate their roster outside of the quarterback position and take a chance on a player like this. Um just to see if they can turn this thing around a little quicker, because I don't think drafting to a, you know, in picks two through five is going to do anything for this team. So I, I think Miami would be a great spot for Kaepernick to go. I don't that's think a great, there's a, oh, sorry, Shane, go ahead. That's a great point. I feel like, I mean, <clears throat> what, do, what do they have to lose right there? I'm not sure that I'm, I mean, from my standpoint, I'm not really sold on, the quarterback's coming out, um, especially if it's Tua. I'm not sold on him. Um, why not go get yourself three three quality first rounders to build your build your roster? And you already have. If you go out and get a guy like Kaepernick, maybe he's good, maybe he's not. But I mean, you, you put him in a situation where you should have some talent around him at least, something to to build on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder what happens with Josh Rosen, but. Um... 
because I, I, I still feel like he's he's an okay prospect and he's been in some pretty bad situations. But there's not many cities in the, in the NFL that can absorb when the circus comes to town from Colin Kaepernick. And, and I think Miami is one of those cities where the Dolphins aren't on the front page every single day. They can have somebody that is going to bring a few distractions like Colin Kaepernick. It's an interesting move. It doesn't cost them anything. It's going to be a, a very low-cost deal. I, I think he'd be a good fit there, too. I, I'd love to see him go and, and be a backup for the Ravens, though. I, I still think he's a better fit for that offense with Greg Roman and a better backup than what RG3 is. He knows the offense. He's not hobbled by injuries. He still has some left in the tank. I, I, I think he's someone that could come in behind Lamar Jackson and, and pick up some wins if he goes down. Yeah, um, you may not like this, but I heard um, saw a Facebook post from someone that they actually made really good points as why the Steelers are a good fit for this as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, the long term presence of Big Ben is in question. Mason Rudolph hasn't shown that he's the answer. Um, solid defense that you don't need to rely on Kaepernick to necessarily go out there and light it up. A team and locker room that's been accustomed to handling drama well. Um, you know, there's, there's some, I don't know if Kaepernick would go over in a blue collar town like Pittsburgh, but, um, I, I don't, I don't think it, it works. And I don't, I think the last few years they made a very strong effort to say, if you're a, a huge distraction, we don't want anything to do with you. Like, I, yeah. I think they want to put all that behind them. And, and Tomlin is just done with trying to manage it. Yeah. They've definitely turned a corner. So. All right, you guys ready to get into the Week 11 matchups? Let's do it. We'll start off with the uh, the bottom feeder game of the week, the Hammer versus the Desert Dogs. Um, mm-hmm. We'll start off with the Hammer. Um, we've seen Devin Singletary take over the lead in the, the Buffalo backfield. Pretty good matchup against Miami this week. He wasn't really mentioned by Butler as a potential keeper for 2020. Um, but with a nice down the stretch here, I think we could see Singletary become that. How do you guys feel about that in Singletary? Have you liked what you've seen from him so far this season? Yeah. My thought is he's been okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that we've seen enough yet. Um, but I, I certainly, from what we have seen, he seems like he he's going to be a decent fantasy asset. Um, I'm not sure that he's ever going to be the guy that can – just carry the workload nonstop. Um, but I, I, I certainly think he's a, he's a guy that can fit into an, an RB2 role, um, slot into that 15 range, somewhere in that range for a running back, um, which, which is solid. I mean, he's obviously a, a cheap keeper. Um, could do much worse for a cheap guy sliding into if he get a you know, top 15 running back for that price. So, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's a guy that – he's not big enough for me to be able to carry carry the ball 20 times a game. He's only, what, 5'7"? He's a little guy, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I, you, you see the value in the running back position in, in fantasy football. Being able to keep somebody that has flashed the potential that he has, he, he's not going to be – a huge workhorse back, but cheap running back keeper, RB2 slots, 
I, I, I like him moving forward. All right, I think he has a pretty decent game against uh, against Miami this week too. So uh, we'll move over to the Desert Dogs. Um, I guess it's time to talk about it. Todd Gurley not in my starting lineup right now. Um, that is subject to change. But would it be the right move to sit Todd Gurley this week in a must-win game for the Desert Dogs? No, um, it would not be. I would have Gurley in there. Um, definitely have him slotted in there somewhere. Um, probably over over Kirk, I would I would imagine for me or Boyd. Um, Chicago run defense isn't that good. I think uh, they'll be able to run the ball. They're at home, which is key. <laughs> um, Rams are just a dismal road team. Um, they seem to play decent at home, though, so I, I would have Gurley in there. I think he gets in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think the, the script for that game, it, it's one of the low lowest totals of the week. I, I don't like it. They, they, Rams haven't shown that they've been able to, to, to run the ball at all. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to pull them out. I know Kirk blew up last week, so it's tough to not have Kirk in there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Gurley got you here. You kept him. Why not just ride him out and see what happens? I just keep telling myself it's going to get better <laughs> because I watch that team play. And I'm like, how long can a guy that I still think is a really good head coach how long can he sit there and continue to do something the complete opposite of what's worked for him the last three seasons um, and just be okay with this nonsense of an offensive game plan that they're putting out there? Um, I know that there's load management. I know he's on a pitch count. That's probably what they're going to say. But at some point, they need to look in the mirror and say there's seven games left. They need to go five and two. Let's let's run this dude into the ground and see if we can win some football games. Yeah, I thought that we all thought that that was kind of going to be their plan, um, and it just has not come to fruition. <laughs> um, yeah, thought it was just going to be like, hey, well, we're not going to abuse this guy early in the season, and we're going to try to get by, and then we'll use him heavily as the season goes on when we when we really need it, and we still haven't seen it when we're at the over the over the halfway point now. You'd think it would start coming coming into play now and they're still not giving him the, the amount of touches that we're accustomed to seeing or that we thought we were going to see. Um, it's, it's do or die time now. I mean, it's, you look at the NFC, you're pretty much going to have to win like 11 games to get in the playoffs. Um, they're already what, f- what are they? Five and four, five and four. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're almost looking at having to go six and one the rest of the way. So it's not happening now. When, when's it going to happen? Are you guys out on McVay? I mean, if you're looking at like, if there's a, obviously they have a coach of the year award every year. I mean, I feel like he's got to be in the running for like worst coach of the year so far. <laughs> I, I feel, I don't know. I just feel that way. I know there's issues on the offensive line, but I mean, with all that, the team that they had last year and what came back, I mean, you would have thought that this would be a team that should be sitting there seven and two and, and, playing for a division title, not in the whatever, the eight seed or whatever they are in the NFC right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not out on them. Um, 
Shane mentioned the issues on the offensive line. If you don't have a, a strong offensive line, it's just you're, 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 you're toast in the NFL, no matter what scheme you throw out there, no matter how innovative it is. I, I'm, I'm not out on them, but I, I don't think the Rams are a good football team right now. Oh, they're definitely not a good football team. That's that's very apparent. All right, who wins uh, Hammer versus Desert Dogs? Desert Dogs, and it's not close. I feel like we got the best team in the league and the worst team in the league playing here. <laughs> Give me the team that's favored by 50 in the projections, the Dogs. <laughs> yeah, I think I win this one. Um, if I do lose this one, it might be time to just resign and – Maybe I'll just be your commissioner. I won't have a horse in this race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the Klan versus the Patriots. Um, the Klan, in a very similar effort to week one, knocked me off in a 140 to high 120 game. Um, I just – I still am really having a tough week with them. So. <laughs> um <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about the clan here first. Um, Nick Foles, back at quarterback this week. Uh, we saw Minshew have quite the rapport with DJ Chark. Um, but in the preseason, everyone was really excited about D.D. Westbrook because he seemed to be the favorite target of one Nick Foles. Um, are you guys concerned about Chark and his production for the clan here moving forward with the quarterback change? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, always a little concerned when these kind of like young new receivers come out out of the, come out of the gate strong. Um, as the long season dwindles down, I mean, I feel like teams kind of get some tape on them, kind of figure these young guys out, and I, obviously they got to regress to the mean a little bit. He was he was so hot in the beginning of the year. Um, I, I would think Chark comes back and settles more into a a wide receiver two flex flex kind of guy, not the, the wide receiver one that he has been to this point. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You have to have some concerns with the quarterback change anytime you've got a, a wide receiver. And Chark's been phenomenal so far. I mean, there's no, there's, there, there's no denying that. I mean, he's the wide receiver nine just coming off of a bye. You, you, but you have to have concerns, and it, it'll be interesting to see this this game in particular to see if Nick Foles, since Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback there next year too, just to see what kind of rapport they have and and if they're able to establish the same things he was able to do with Minshew. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Chark. Um, you know, it's it's we've seen Conley kind of emerge for Jacksonville. Um, even Keelan Cole's been getting some run here. I know Westbrook was out for a couple of those games. So Westbrook coming back this week, um, Foles and him, like I said, they, they were the hot target in Jacksonville at the beginning of the year. So definitely curious to see how the target distribution for Foles turns out. And going back to my team, I'm, I'm, one, I'm curious to see if they lean on Fournette as much as they have, um, knowing that they have a little better quarterback back there, I think. Uh, let's go over to the St. Louis Patriots. Um, we will talk about Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. What are your expectations for that duo 
uh, come off a pretty decent game. Um, I don't know if it was a great game fantasy-wise, but they, they played well in beating the Saints last Sunday. So uh, big expectations for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones against the Carolina D that I think is pretty suspect against the Bass. Yeah, I'm expecting an absolutely huge game um, out of these two. This week, Carolina is pretty poor against the pass. Devontae Adams was able to have a big game last week, didn't get in the end zone, but seven for 118. Um, they've given up – actually, we were just talking about Chark. Chark had a huge game against the Panthers earlier. They've given up some big games, wide receivers this year. Um, I, I got Julio for 140 and a score. Yeah, I no, I I I also think this game is yeah. I don't I don't know what's going on with that defense. I don't and I don't know what's going on with the Falcons. Frankly, they looked great last week. I I think Julio is going to have a huge game. I'm just looking at this roster for the Patriots. Like, even though he sold, like it, it seems like a pretty pretty good roster to me. And I'm just looking at the numbers. It's, it's just one of those teams that they've allowed the second highest points allowed and getting crushed by matchups. It, it just feels like the Patriots should have had a, a much better season than, than what they had and opening day roster, even throughout the first few weeks, I, I, I thought it was a good team. It just didn't work out. Yeah. I, I still, you know, I talked to my dad a lot, obviously I, I told him, I think you drafted a fine team. Um, yeah. It just, it just didn't work out. So it's just, unfortunately it's part of it. Um, and I almost feel like I don't want to go back on what I've said, but a year like this for myself and even probably for my dad is frustrating. Um, I know a lot of guys came to me and have said, you know, we should go to, you play two games every week, the team you play, and then you get a win between the top six as well. I don't want to rewrite the rules and rewrite the way we play fantasy football, but it's definitely when you have seasons like this, it's definitely something you consider and think about. Yeah, I mean, looking at the their schedule here, he's given up a hundred over a hundred points in eight of the weeks. The only two times he didn't was actually against me and you, Phil. <laughs> and last week was one of them when basically his team's already out of it. Um, so I mean, it's just one of those frustrating years where everyone seemed to score well against them. And there's really just, I mean, obviously it's fantasy sports. There's not much you can do about it. You can't play defense. So um, it happens to one or two teams every year. And this year was was the Patriots' year. Yeah, I, I still I, I understand why you'd want to move scoring in, in, in that direction, but I, I still like the way it's set up and I think most probably ninety five percent of the fantasy leagues are set up similar to how we have it set up. Yeah. And it's just something that you, you hope it doesn't happen to you every, every season you start, right? Um and it just happened to to the Patriots this year. No, and I don't. I don't want to change it. I, I've taken a firm stance on this. You know, Shane and Eddie have been the ones that have talked to me about it the most. Uh, Micah as well has brought it up, and it's something that Jeremy beat the drum heavily for when he was in this league too. And I've always taken a very firm stance against it, and I, I'm staying that course. But it's just hard not to come into your mind when you see seasons like this. So, um, who wins, Clan versus Patriots? Oof. Yeah, this is a lot closer than you think. Oof, it is. It is. Um, I don't think this is a runaway for the clan by any means. I'm actually think I'm going to lean towards 
<sighs> give me the clan, Mahomes and Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Give me the clan. It's I'll close. take the clan too, just because Mahomes. I mean, that's that's the only thing tilting me towards the clan in this one. All right, let's go to the Bull Weevils versus the Sea Wolves. We'll start off with the Bull Weevils. Um, we have seen Zeke kind of struggle, especially last week. Um, before I say that he struggled, I want to pull up the game logs. Um, but it has not been the dominant Zeke that everyone expected to see. Um, the yardage totals have not been that great. I mean, 18 for 35 against New Orleans, 13 for 53 against the Giants, 12 for 62 against Green Bay. Whenever he gets the ball, you know, 20 plus times, he seems to wear teams down in the fourth quarter, except for last week, 20 carries for 47. Um, Zeke's been good, but I don't think he's been what we expected. Um, and we've seen Dak really flourish. Are you guys concerned at all about Zeke? Uh, now, take that with a grain of salt. He's still probably, at worst case, a low-end RB1. But, you know, he should be a top three player in the league. I'm not, I'm not really that concerned. Um, I think they'll get back to giving him the ball, especially this week. I, I, I think it's going to be a huge week against Detroit. Um, he's still a guy that – he's touching the ball 20 times a game. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard to be concerned about that. And uh, I don't know, I think they're going to – I think they're going to get back to feeding him the ball a little bit here down the stretch. Um, does have a couple tough matchups. He has the Patriots defense, but I'm not sure how tough that's that actually is going to turn out to be. Um, honestly, I, I don't know if I'm actually that scared. Maybe Philadelphia in the, in the championship week. It's a tough run defense, but other than that, I think there's some there's some gettable matchups here, and I think I think Zeke will be fine. I have zero concerns over Zeke as a fantasy player. There are more split running back positions in the NFL than single workhorse ones, and and he's a single workhorse one. He hasn't been what we wanted, and and the fact that we're even having a conversation about him disappointing is really interesting because he's been RB7 overall, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he, he he doesn't miss games. He gets all the touches in that backfield, and the Cowboys are a half-decent team, probably going to win that division. I have zero concerns about Zeke. Yeah, I guess it's the fact that, I mean, he's played nine games. Five of them he's been over 100 yards rushing. So, I mean, but it's the fact that those other four you're talking about have been pretty dismal for his standards. Yeah, he's been bailed um, out by touchdowns. Touchdowns, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to be concerned about a guy like that. Yeah, I, I'd love to be concerned. Yeah. Concerned is a bad word. Yeah. Zeke, you expect Zeke to be a guy though that's going to put you up like over the over the top, you know, not a guy that you're hoping is going to get you 15 a game. Like you're you're expecting Zeke to be a over 20 point per game guy. So that was more or less my point. Um, all right, we'll go to the Seawolves. Can Jimmy G recreate the magic that he had against Arizona just a short two weeks ago? Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> um, Arizona pass defense, not very good. A um, little concerned with uh, looking like Sanders, probably a little banged up this week. Um, so that was kind of the target that 
that led him that way a couple of weeks ago. So interesting to see if he's not around what the what the passing game is going to look like. Um, the running backs are banged up in, in San Francisco as well, so that offense is a little little dinged right now. Um, so a little concern there. But, I mean, with that being said, Arizona's pass defense is just, is just not good. So there's some room for, for Jimmy G to do well this week. If not now, when for Jimmy G? I, I, I think he has a huge week. I have him north of 30 points in, oh, in wow. my projections. I, I, I think he does it again. I don't know how he is rest of the season, but he's definitely startable this week. Yeah, he's going to have a nice matchup this week. Uh, bonus question for Phil's team. Is David Johnson more athletic now than Jerome Bettis was in his last season with the Steelers? <laughs> he looked bad. He looked really bad on Sunday. Yeah. Definitely to be concerned about him. He's hobbled. He's, there, he's, yeah. He's he, shouldn't have he shouldn't have played last week. I agree. Dare right. we say that this is Kenyon Drake's backfield? Ugh. Ugh. That's – yeah, don't say that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we saw what we saw last week out of David Johnson and he's not on the injury report this week means that I don't, I don't know how the Cardinals aren't going to get fined for this. <laughs> True or false, Kyler Murray leads the Cardinals in rushing the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, who wins, Weevils versus Wolves? I'll take the Weevils. Uh, yeah, give me the Weevils. Elliot against Detroit, Jacobs against the Bengals. Come on. I would take the Weevils if he left his tight end spot empty and took the $5 draft cash up. All right. Let's go to the franchise versus Team Ice Cream. Gucci making his way back into the lineup for the franchise. Darius Geis. What can we expect from Darius Geis this week? Mm. So so hard to predict this one. Um, God, you want to say that it's going to be a decent week playing against the Jets. There should be some scoring opportunities. But then you think about who his quarterback's going to be. Um Haskins. Yeah, easy, easy. That's my FanDuel quarterback. This, <laughs> this, I mean, this is just like a complete fireworks play. Like, it's either going to be a boom or just complete bust. Um, give me Gucci for like six points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm going to take the over. It's Gucci, baby. I, 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 I've got him slotted in for seven. <laughs> if there's somebody to break the Washington Redskins streak of a calendar month without a touchdown, it, it's going to be Gucci, baby. I've been dying to use that stat. Dying to use it. I can't believe that that's even a real thing. Um. All right, Kareem Hunt playing tonight. He's looked good. I don't want to talk about Kareem Hunt, but um, – Looked good in his return last week. Definitely someone to keep an eye on here for Team Ice Cream. Um, but I want to talk about Amari Cooper. He's been incredible um, since being traded to Dallas. And my question for Amari Cooper, it, for you guys about Amari Cooper, is, is it time to start talking about him in the same breath as players like Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, receivers of that caliber? Because I'm going to say it is. I watched that game last week um, against Minnesota, and I think it is. He looks so good. <laughs> he he just looks looks the part. Um, just looks like that star number one receiver guy, and it, it's just like a completely different player than than what we saw in Oakland at times. Um, he was good there, but he was never never seemed like he was this good. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think it is. I think he's cemented himself in that wide receiver one upper echelon top top five six guy. He he's been phenomenal since since coming to Dallas. I, I think you have to have him in the conversation, and it's just crazy that he showed potential in Oakland, but he also had so many games where he just completely disappeared. I I for the situation that he's in now, he's he's definitely in the conversation. I mean, and, and you look at what he's done; he's wide receiver three so far. So I I think people thought he was good. We didn't know he was going to be this good in Dallas. I mean, what a what a trade last year! I, I I do think he belongs in that conversation. In uh, a couple things here in dynasty formats, I think he's right behind DeAndre and Michael Thomas. I'd have him slightly ahead of Julio in dynasty formats. I think um, I may be missing someone, but those are the names that come to my head right now. Also, uh, pretty amazing when teams give up first round picks for players like Amari Cooper, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey. It's pretty amazing that the team that gets the draft picks is always the initial winner, and then we realize that those players are all really good at football. <laughs> um, <laughs> start to uh, we start to say, oh, maybe the team that traded for the the superstar actually won this deal. So um, that I find funny, and I know that him playing well just makes you happy, Shane. He was one of the receivers that you really loved coming out of college. You loved watching him at Bama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was really high on him coming out. I, I thought he was going to be a star, and it's finally come to fruition. It looks like that he he is that guy. All right, who wins franchise versus ice cream? Mm, I think that it is. Man, this one's going to be pretty tight, I think. I'm going to go with ice cream and a squeaker. Give me the franchise. It's Gucci, baby. <laughs> I'll take the ice cream, but it's, I, I agree with Shane. It's going to be super close. All right, let's go with the Mad Dogs versus Take Your Ball and Go Home. Uh, take Your Ball and Go Home. James Conner, questionable to return, probably not going to come back. And also, Juju Smith-Schuster on the bench out with the concussion. That was a really ugly hit that he took. Um and 18 points from Baker Mayfield on his bench. So, not looking good right now for the T-Baggers. Yeah, just uh, continue to be the worst manager in the league this year by far. Um, I haven't run all the numbers yet, but I, I did want to run that for you guys at some point for maybe a future pod. Um, basically, project how, how we've all done as managers from what we have on our rosters, what we put in our lineups. And I have to believe I'm absolutely the worst this year. Um I've left so many points on my bench. It's been just stupid. Um, but, yeah, it's not looking good this week. Um, Connor going to put me two points for me. Took Mayfield out at about 8.05 tonight, um, having a big game. Not not a good week for T-Beck. Who's, who's going to be that QB slot? I'm looking at the waivers right now. Are we going to get some Phillip Rivers action? 
Uh, I don't know. I just uh, I picked up Mayfield last week in in thoughts of playing him here for the next couple and didn't stick to my guns and I should have and it's 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 backfiring. So we'll we'll have to see what a uh, what quarterback ends up on my roster. Jeff Driscoll's out there. <laughs> Jeff Driscoll has a soft as a as a nice place in my heart after his performance last week led me to a victory in uh, in our other league. <laughs> so I I got a question for you guys. Has James Conner finished a single game that he's played in this season? He has, Dude, he has, he's gotten hurt every week. He gets hurt at the end or at some point during every single game. I And he's not even that good when – I mean, he catches a lot of passes and, he, and he's had some good numbers this year. But I just feel like – I don't know. He's been such a disappointment. All right. Uh, there's two players on Shane's team I want to talk about. Real quick, the Mike Evans is just no Marshawn Lattimore this week. Look for a big Evans game. No real question. Just look for a big Mike Evans game. But I also think that this is finally the Miles Sanders breakout week. I completely agree with you. Um, I wasn't skeptical at all about sliding. That was the reason I didn't go out and pick up a go after Brian Hill kind of in the in the running back market this week. I mean, he was probably the, the top pickup um, as far as they go. I thought that Sanders was going to be fine this week. I actually like him against New England. I think he gets a bunch of catches, and I, I think he's going to be productive in, in that 12 to 15-point range. So I thought I was going to be fine with him and Connor. Obviously, the Connor injury hurts, but I, I'm right there with you, buddy. My God, how quickly everything changes after that Sunday night Ravens game. Now, now we're saying not only are they going to have big games, like this is going to be the breakout game, Miles Sanders against this Patriots defense. Um, well, it started first of all. It started the week before the Ravens game when Nick Chubb ran for like a hundred yards in the first half against the Patriots. Yeah, I didn't see that. Um, well, they still got their doors blown off. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Belichick off of a. Uh, off of a bye week, going against the the Eagles, I I think he's gonna realize that the Eagles don't have anybody at wide receiver. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about heading down to the link on Sunday and potentially suiting up if they need somebody out in the slot. I I think they're gonna load up the box and they're gonna make Carson Wentz throw to Nelson Aguilar to beat him. Well, Jordan Howard was limited this week in practice. So that's another reason why I just think Sanders is going to get a lot of touches. Who else is going to get separation for that team offensively? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Mad Dogs on the other side of this matchup. <sighs> Tough week for him. Russell Wilson on by. Devontae Adams on by. Austin Hooper injured. Um, Keenan Allen has been less than desirable since being traded by the Mad Dogs or acquired by the Mad Dogs. Um, his best game since he came over um, in that trade was last week, 8 for 68. Um, are we concerned about Keenan Allen and this Chargers offense? A little bit, yeah. Um, just hasn't seemed to be the complete target hog that he always has been. Um, and I think part of it is 
Philip Rivers has not played good football. Um, got got a chance to watch a little bit of that game last week as well. God, he looks old. Um, he did. He looked really old. I was I was sitting there watching that, and I'm like, man, he looks like he's done. Um, it was it was kind of worrisome. I, I I like Phil Rivers. I know you're a big Phil Rivers guy, Cause. Yeah. Um, it, it just looked like, man, this could be the end of the road. <laughs> so I mean, with that being said, I mean you, you kind of have to be worried if the quarterback's going to go downhill that fast. Maybe he's hit the cliff. But with that being said, can't can't ask for a much more juicy matchup, I guess. With with the, what you got to figure is going to be a high scoring game against the Chiefs. So. I'm, I- yeah, I'm I'm not ready to say Philip Rivers is done. I mean, I was getting texts from Cause last season about how amazing of a player he is. I I know he's been down a little bit this season, and there there are there are some concerns. But I, I to Shane's point, I think this is a juicy matchup. Keenan Allen comes up big, takes Teabag down from. I'm projecting Monday night Teabag will be down about 15, and then by the end of it down 27-28. So you're saying that you lose by 27 or 28. Keenan Allen's going to have 13, 12 to 13 points. That's not that no. big. Eckler and Keenan Allen oh. combined are going to have 12 points. Yeah, what are, yeah. what are you talking about here, dude? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I so you're saying Eckler. I'm going to be up and, 15? And, and Damian Williams in that game as well. Yeah, so what, three what, what is going on? All right, Mark, all right. My projections are a little off. I didn't see those other two guys in there. It's it's going to be close going into it, and then those three are just going to take it home. Oh man! Um, All right, we'll see. If we, we'll see. If we if we had a producer, I'd ask him to edit that part out. So, I am concerned about this Monday night game. It's in Mexico City. Yeah. Um, I don't. I could see this being weird, like a little bit of a London game type thing. Uh, high elevation in Mexico City. I don't think this is going to be the track meet people think it's going to be. Are Are we sure that they have a playable field this year? Like, is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's definitely something to talk about too. That's not. It's not good. Yeah, they didn't have uh, they didn't have like a, a soccer game out there this week or anything. <laughs> Let's talk about the winner. Who picked the winner for this? I want to make one comment about Philip Rivers and that QB era, and then we'll get into the game of the week. So I'm going to take the. I'm going to. I'm gonna take T bag in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna take Mad Dogs and uh I think it's about about ten. Oh, only ten. Um I normally love taking the tea bags, but man, Shane, I, I, I look at what's happened to your roster and having James Connor and, and Beckham and Juju on I am so sorry for that trade. I deeply apologize for that. And I, I'm sorry that your bur- my burden at the draft has been passed on to you with these guys. Give me the mad dog. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. All right. So my point on the, not point, my comment on the, the old quarterbacks in the NFL, Phil Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, among others. I'm ready. I'm ready for them to move on. Um, I, you know, these guys have been a part of our lives for a long time, given us a lot of good years, a lot of good football. Um, but I'm ready to see some of these younger guys step up. I'm ready to see the game not – maybe the game not be relied upon so heavily as far as who the quarterback is. And 
um, let some of these young guys kind of play with different types of rosters and see if the game changes a little bit. So I'm, re- I'm ready to see these guys move on. It's it's funny you say that because, like, I almost had, like, I don't want to say, like, a revelation, but, like, I, I was just thinking earlier, I think it was a couple of days ago, like, how, like, I can see the, the landscape in the NFL changing. And almost, I'm not saying, obviously, the quarterback's always going to matter, but I feel like it's changing to a point where it's almost like, man, maybe the quarterback position isn't as important as it it's a, as it has been. Um Oh like God. I feel, I feel like maybe like it's getting, it's soon going to be getting to a point where like, like you said, you talked about with Lamar Jackson, like where you can like, it doesn't have to be the same type of quarterback all the time anymore. Um, just with the way the league's changing, where maybe hey, we can put more emphasis on making our roster a little better and just getting a guy that's that's somewhat competent back there, and we can build around like, I don't know, I, I just feel like the landscape of the NFL is changing a little bit with all the rules and everything, like that you don't need to be as good at quarterback. Just my take. Yeah. I I, I think come playoff time, we're still going to see the, the, the quarterbacks like the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, the Mahomes. I, I, I still think we're going to see those guys dominate and those teams advance. I, I think it's, it's – I, I mean, I, I'm completely against, Shane, what you just said. I think it's more important of a position than, than ever. And if you want to advance in the playoffs and, and, and make it past that wild card round, you, you need to have a, a quarterback that's at least above average. And, and I think it'll play out this year. To Cause's point about those guys and, and being ready to move on, the landscape has changed with everything Tom Brady has done. Tom Brady, there was a report that came out today that Guerrero thinks Tom Brady can play past 45 years old. So all these guys that that are late 30s that normally are looking to retire, it's like, how can I retire if Tom Brady is four or five years older than I am and still planning on playing a few more years? If I do that and Brady's still playing, I look terrible. And my legacy is tarnished because I came into the league five years after Brady and he's still playing well after I'm done. It's just it, – it, it, it's, a, it's a different landscape than it ever was before, and there's an expectation that these franchise quarterbacks play until the wheels come completely off. So you're going to get Phillip Rivers slightly diminishing maybe. You're going to get Big Ben diminishing. You're going to see what happened with Eli. These guys are – until they can't play anymore and they get benched, and they're not going to go out on their own terms like they have historically. Maybe that, maybe that was my point, that I don't want to see – happened to Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees and Big Ben. I don't want to see happen to them what happened to both the Mannings, like where Peyton Manning is an absolute shell of himself and is maybe the worst player on a Super Bowl winning team. Eli Manning gets benched for a guy that leads the NFL in turnovers. Um, And just to comment on what Shane said, uh, it may not be that the quarterback position doesn't matter. It might be that the quarterback's – that matter are different. It's going to be Wentz, Wilson, Watson, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and that group now that is winning Super Bowls and not Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady. So yeah, I, I, just yeah. to clarify, I'm not saying that the quarterback position isn't going to matter. Yeah, like I, I knew what you were saying. Obviously, yeah. like, obviously, you still need to have someone that that can play a little bit there. I, I just think that the the landscape of the quarterback, we're, we're not going to see guys like Rivers, Roethlisberger, Brady dominating a game the way they do or 
winning, having to win the game like that. It's going to be so. I just feel like it's going to be so different. I don't know. I mean, those those are all first first round picks that you're talking about. Those are all like the best quarterbacks in the NFL that that are going to be playing in December, in January, playing playing for Super. Like, I don't. I I I, I don't agree. I, I think the quarterback position is way more important than it ever was, and you're seeing guys like Russell Wilson that play for an average roster that are turning it into a really good team based solely on one single player. Like, like where, where, do, where do you think the Texans would be without Deshaun Watson? I think those two teams are the absolute, like, against the norm. Like, the, the Texans and Seahawks rosters outside of those two players are pathetic. Um, so I just think those two those two teams are the complete opposite of everything that we believe, and um, that's why I think Wilson and Watson are right up there with Mahomes neck and neck as far as who the best quarterback is in the NFL. If if you want to see a good roster without a good quarterback, look at what, what the Steelers are right now with Mason Rudolph. Like their defense is incredible, their offensive line is incredible. And they're just they're they're not a good NFL team. Yeah. All right, game of the week this week is Abusement Park versus the Steel Curtain. Steel Curtain at five and five, Park at six and four. Huge game. Um, I believe the Curtain took the first matchup from the Park, so this would be huge for them to get to the same record and have Eddie have that over Brandon. Um, I'll confirm that here mm-hmm. in a second. Um, yeah, so Eddie won 122 to 93 the last time these two teams played. Um, Eddie out the gates early with the Jarvis Landry touchdown, and Nick Chubb, my favorite non Todd Gurley player in the NFL, has 30 yards at halftime. So let's start off with the Abusement Park. Um, it's been a little while since we saw Deshaun Watson. They were off last week. Um, we just talked about him. He's, you know, MVP candidate. Huge game. Really fun one o'clock game. It really feels like this should be the Sunday night game against Baltimore. Watching Watson and Lamar duke it out. Um, who do you think has a better game, Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Um, Fantasy wise? Both. Give me, give me. If you feel like the answer is different, give me it. I feel like it's Watson <laughs> on both sides. I was gonna say, I think give me Lamar fantasy wise. Give me Watson game wise. Do you think the Texans win? Um, I think that I think the Texans win. Give me Lamar, and it's by five, at least five points. All right. I, the, the, yeah, the entire offense runs through him. I, I mean, oh, and it, does, I, it I, doesn't I, run through Watson. No, it. No, you're right. You're, you're, you're right. I'm just more of he's gonna. Jackson's gonna get 100 yards rushing. He's gonna have two touchdowns passing, probably another one rushing. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see how you can look at. Lamar Jackson and not think he's a QB one rest of the way, or I mean, like QB one overall rest of season, even with Mahomes coming back. I don't know. Watson, Watson is pretty incredible too. I, I think it will be a 
total toss-up between Mahomes, Watson, Wilson, and Jackson the rest of the way. I'll take Watson as the better game. I think the Texans win, and I think Watson has more fantasy points this week. Um, let's go over to the Steel Curtain. Right now projected to put up 132 points on the Beastman Park, even with a hobbled David Montgomery. Um, Shane talked about Emmanuel Sanders likely being out for San Francisco this week. Uh, Eddie goes out and spends some big money on Debo Samuel. Right now he's in the flex two spot with Devonta Freeman and A.J. Green both out. Um, you guys like Debo Samuel as a pickup this week and a play for eight. Yeah. Yeah, got to like him. Um, coming off of eight catches last week against Seattle. Um, seems to be the guy that's going to benefit the most from Sanders being a little dinged up. Um, so, yeah, especially when you're only using him as your – as your flex too. I don't know that I feel confident in him if I had to slot him into like my wide receiver one or two spot, but I mean, he's using him to his fourth, fourth best wide receiver. So yeah, shit. I mean, why not? I'll say I, I'm paying more attention to this matchup than I am for my own this week because Eddie and I had a bunch of trade talks. He pretty much said, I was giving up on my season when I traded Deshaun Watson because you can't give up a quarterback of that caliber and not be giving up on your season. And then a few days later, he traded Lamar Jackson, which which was an interesting move. But we were really close on, on Joe Mixon. I think it was like a difference of $4 where he said, I moved on. I don't want to have to decide between Joe Mixon and A.J. Green every single week. And I said, you know, you – you're allowed to have more than one good player on your roster. You can have choices, especially because injuries. And then, hey, look at this. There's an injury. And you have to go spend big money on, on Debo Samuel. But that being said, I, I think Debo Samuel has a fine matchup. I'm going to be just paying some extra close attention to this and, and, and see if it's a differentiator or not. I like Samuel this week. I, I had a bid in for him as well. And he just went $16 higher than me. So. Uh, I think Samuel is a big game, and I think the curtain rolls in this one. Uh, are we already at the pick part? Did we? Yeah, yeah, we're there. I made mine. Man, you gotta like that uh, Breeze to Thomas effort that you're expecting against that Tampa Bay pass defense. Um, coming off a just dismal showing last week against the Falcons, I feel like that's a bounce back. Um, a lot of good matchups here on both sides, I feel like. Got to expect big things from Melvin Gordon against the Chiefs' run defense. Mixing a decent matchup. I mean, both sides, high scoring. Give me the curtain. I see the projections. It, it, it's heavily favored for the curtain, but – I know Chubb's not having a great game, but with, with Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, I I, I, I think the Parker are going to pull it out, and it's going to be close. That would be a big uh, big swing in the playoffs, playoffs standing, so definitely keep an eye on this. I think it's clearly the matchup of the week. And after this game, Shane, you will be on deck to let us know with two weeks left in the regular season where things stand. I will be um, after this week. Yeah, you'll we'll have a have an article come out about where the 
where everyone needs what, a, what the standings are and what everyone needs to do the rest of the way. With that being said, this is a big one for the curtain. I'll let you know right now. This is this is not, not their season, but it's pretty close. Um, they got to get this one. Things are really bunched up. I I look at the final standing projections. Oh, and now they have me seventh. But for a long time there, I was sixth, and I was really trying to figure out how I was going to get there. <laughs> so I, I think I'm really up against it. I don't even know if I even actually have a chance to get in. You do. Um, I was crunching some numbers earlier this week. Um, you definitely do. You certainly have to win out. Um, six yeah. Six wins is not going to do it. Um, with this many teams bunched up, you got to get all all seven, and you you do need a little help, but it's it's certainly possible. Can can you crunch that? Hey, if you got the calculator in front of you. Can you crunch it for the Sea Wolves? <laughs> the Sea Wolves are not eliminated yet, but um, with a loss this week, they will be. Okay, still a chance. All right. Um. One last quick question, if you guys don't mind. Is there a first-round playoff game that you guys are looking forward to in the NFL playoffs as we start to think about our end-of-the-year playoff party? Oof. I mean... Pretty much any NFC game is going to be good. I mean, I'm thinking right now, I mean... I wouldn't mind seeing – yeah, any, I mean, any NFC game seems like it's going to be pretty good. I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a – trying to think who's going to be the top two seeds in the AFC. I mean, the Patriots got to figure going to be one. Um, wouldn't mind seeing like a Kansas City versus Baltimore. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be possible, but – That would mean one of those teams would have to not win their division, which is going to be tough, I think. Yeah. Kansas City's the most likely team, I guess, to not win their division. Yeah. Um, but I'm not that would mean that the Raiders would have win the division, I would imagine. Yeah, that would also I <laughs> guess that would also mean that Houston's probably gonna have to run the table here to get the two seed. Yeah. Yeah. So what 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 are the potential matchups here, Cuz? So some combination of Texans, Chiefs, or Ravens, probably against some combination of Colts, Bills, Raiders, Jaguars. I might be missing a team there. You know, I'm not giving the Chargers much respect. Um, I don't think the Steelers are going to get in, especially after watching this game tonight. So uh, maybe the Titans. Yeah, call me crazy, but I'd really, I'd really like to see a Bills Texans game. I think that would be a really fascinating football game because I think the Bills do with a poor roster. I think they're well coached um, and they don't do anything really spectacular, but they do everything pretty well. And I think the Texans do things a lot (laughs) really poorly and Sean Watson just flat out wins them games. I'd I'd like to see that game. I think that would be a good one. Yeah. Let let me, let me throw out a, a question and this is way too early. But I'm going to ask it anyway with the, the dog season in the brink. And I'll put you on the spot, cause You gave up 50 in draft cash. Who or, or, or what 
is your strategy as far as next season keepers go with your roster? I'm going to trade Christian McCaffrey in the offseason, get that money back, and get a keeper. How much are you going to – how much are you thinking you're going to get for McCaffrey? I'm not I'm not so much worried. Well, if I keep McCaffrey on my team, I have to keep him. So, uh, in my mind, I'm gaining whatever the difference in salary and maybe a little draft cash. So, I'm expecting to roll into the draft next year with, like, maybe 130, 140, and two decent keepers. So. Wait, so how, how are you going to flip? So McCaffrey is, what, a 50-some dollar keeper? Yeah. And you think you're going to flip him for how much money in draft cash? Um, maybe 20 in a player. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll see. Might be a f- and that, more fringe keeper, but. And then grab a, another keeper somewhere else? Uh, I haven't thought about that yet. I mean. If Gurley's no longer on the Rams, I'd have to consider Henderson. Um, you know, Darren Waller's a dollar. I know you made fun of me about that, but that's something that's in play, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Christian Kirk, I think, is in play at $11. Okay. So, it's not going to be good by any means. I mean, I could keep Fournette for 30-something, but I'm not. I mean, we'll figure next year out. I think if we learned anything this year, it's that coming into the draft with all the money – doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. So, yeah, no, I, I, I was just curious because I, I, I was looking at it and I'm like, your best players are all high priced with McCaffrey, Godwin, Ingram, but you got players like Kirk and and, and Waller that are certainly potential. Hey, if somebody wants to pay, I know I did it for Le'Veon Bell a few years ago, but if somebody wants to pay twenty bucks and a keeper for McCaffrey. You have to entertain it. Yeah. All right. Anything else for week 11, boys? I think that's it. Uh, it's getting to be that time. It's getting <laughs> exciting. It sure is. And I still have two leagues that I'm successful in to fall back on after this one. Breaks my heart. So. The, the Dynasty League? Yeah, the undefeated, the undefeated season's over. I lost last week, so I'm nine and one in that one. No, oh, he got uh, he got beat up by the combo of Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. The yep. double and McCaffrey yeah. and McCaffrey. Yeah. And then I I put up two oh eight on Shane in, in our other league. That's correct. <laughs> oh my god! Fourteen team league putting up two oh eight. It was a stellar beatdown. I still think your team is better than mine in that league, Shane. I don't, I'm not positive, man. Juju Schuster is <laughs> on my team in that league. <laughs> like, and he's like an integral part of that one. Yeah. That Phil, that's the league that doesn't run waivers. <laughs> at, so, not, at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, everyone's available and it's first come first. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just who's got the fastest fingers at 9 a.m. Shane, Shane has a phone <laughs> alarm set for Tuesday at 8.59 every week. I do. Oh, my God. Got to. Yeah. Like, if I'm in a – I've, I've actually had meetings at work where they run from, like, 8.30 to 9.30, and, like, I just have to step outside and go to the bathroom. And I, and I just go and I step outside and make my, my acquisitions. <laughs> oh my God. Just like that. 
I can't wait to ask after the league is over why we do it that way. I don't understand. Yeah, I think that's just a, an oversight that we probably should ask Seidel to change next year if we're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't, then we can just take our ball and go home. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that wraps up week 11 of the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. Thanks, Shane. Thank you, Phil, for joining me. Let's catch the remaining 25 minutes of excellent football that we're getting to watch tonight. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week, previewing week 12, hopefully with the Desert Dogs still in the good fight. Thanks, and we'll talk to you then.